Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, guys, welcome back to We Gotta Talk. I'm Sunny. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, question. Have you ever gone viral on social media? You know, it can be a blessing and a curse. The good thing is, of course, you get, chances are, a lot more followers. The bad thing is, those followers tend to come with a lot of opinions, not all of them great. And this week's guest knows all about that. Lindsay Donnelly is the founder of Show Up Authentic, which is a, is a social media marketing agency. She's a mother of two. And recently, she shared a really funny TikTok that went super, super viral. We're talking like tens of millions of views. The TikTok was about going on strike in the household, essentially just stopping cleaning her house after her husband made a comment about her like not doing enough work around the house. That viral TikTok was featured on the Today Show, the New York Post, Barstool Sports. She even just did an interview with People Magazine. So you're going to see her all around the internet. She talks today with me about what it's like to go viral, what it means when you open the door to your private life on social media, even just a peek. Here's a hint. A lot of opinions come with it. We talk about why her video struck a chord with so many women and the traditional relationship dynamics that we're used to um, and why it's partially her goal to sort of disrupt the way that we've been raised to believe of, you know, what we need to do in a household or what we need to do in a relationship. We talk about her company, Show Up Authentic, which I am proudly working with. We talk about the new media world and how everyone is getting their news on social media these days. She also has a background in news, so she understands this. What it's like to build a company, what dismantling the patriarchy means to her, raising kids while building a business, and so, so much more. This is one of those great conversations where we had fun and we laughed, but really got deep too, which, you know, I love and I'm here for. Really digging into what it means to be a woman these days, the stereotypes that come along with it, the ones that we embrace, and maybe the ones we don't so much. And it's just a really, really sort of multidimensional conversation with a wonderful woman that I think you're going to love. So enjoy, everybody. Again, this is Lindsay Donnelly from Show Up Authentic. How can this be your first time doing a podcast if you have a social media agency? You're like on TikTok and millions of people have seen you already. Uh, yeah, I feel like my role has been behind the scenes for so long that this is kind of the first time I've really been in front of the house for the agency um, and talking about it myself, which is is interesting. I mean, we're a small business, right? So I've been busy working on other people's platforms and not my own. Um, I mean, and and you just went not only like a little viral, like wildly viral. Your the numbers on that one TikTok that you posted were like more watched than the NBA finals. Like that's insane, Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. It's still going. I think we're at night we're at 19 million today. Someone told me that I was on um, TV in Chile. Um, oh so, my oh, gosh yeah. wait okay so for anyone who doesn't know and guys will I wish I could play the audio but it you need to see the visuals too so Lindsay did this TikTok 
her husband said something to her, like, you know, you're not like taking care of the house or like things, you know, it doesn't look like you're doing anything. And she actually didn't do anything for three days and then walked through her house <laughs> and showed the piles of laundry, the dirty dishes. Like you have vindicated Lindsay, millions of women with 15 seconds of video. So for that, we thank you. We thank you. <laughs> it's my honor and my duty uh, as a mom. Oh my God. You're welcome. It's crazy. So tell us what exactly did he say to you? Oh gosh. Um, okay. So the truth is that he said to me, I feel like I'm, well, let me set the scene. Let me take it back. All right. So it was a weekday, right? My kids had just gotten picked up from daycare around six 30. Usually we go and we pick them up together. It's like a nice date night walk for us to go pick them together aka 30 minutes we get to spend together alone before we pick up the kids we walk to go pick up the kids from daycare when we get home it's kind of the routine is so he makes dinner he cleans the kitchen I get the kids up to the bath get them changed in their pajamas but sometimes I like to play with the kids a little bit because I haven't seen them for a very long time and I'll end up like spending a little bit more time playing with them before I put them to bed mm. and he's usually taking care of the cleaning at that time um and so I came down from like getting them to bed and I noticed he was in a grumpy mood and I was like what's wrong dude and he's like I feel like I'm the maid around here and I was uh, like Lindsay I'm I'm sharpening my knife right now just go yeah. on I'm sorry <laughs> I'm like oh no you didn't <laughs> oh no oh you didn't Right. Um, so that was the like exact comment that he made. And I was like, obviously infuriated by that comment because I just spent, you know, it wasn't like I was doing that thing. I was spending time with our children during that time. It's just how we divided the tasks of the evening. Right. Um, so it's interesting because a lot of people from that video thought that I was saying he didn't do anything around the house. But the truth mm -hmm of what I was saying is that it's not that I do nothing because let me show you, I'm not doing nothing. You right. just feel like you're doing a lot of the work because in the evenings you're doing, you know, the cooking and the cleaning while I'm doing the bedtime stories, you know? <laughs> like, And it's like these, honestly, managing a household with two kids and two working parents, it is so difficult. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, um, yeah, I think it's relatable because we all feel the stress, the pressure, the how am I going to get this task done and that task done and raise my little humans at the same time? And am I spending mm -hmm. enough quality time with them or am I working too much? Am I on my phone too much? Right? We all have this internal dialogue and it comes out with our spouses as like fighting or blaming each other or stressing because we're the only two adults in the room. Mm -hmm. And well, I think that's what we were experiencing that night. And I ended up making it taking a stand <laughs> yeah and, and listen I, I mean you know I always try to not overstep in this conversation and and like shit on men men are wonderful like I'm it is I, I'm very happy as well and I know you had to go back on your TikTok and proclaim your love for your yeah. husband because that's what the internet yeah. thinks is because you say one funny thing about them that you hate them but anyway um yeah. so I I'm not I'm not even going in that direction uh but it, it really is astonishing to me how little of the work that we do is actually noticed. And I had this exact conversation with my husband last yeah. night. And I said, listen, uh, oh, there are going to be days when you come home and the kitchen island is littered in stuff. And there are crusty 
pans from lunchtime. There's unopened mail and there's laundry that has yet to be folded. I promise you that I have cleaned this space probably 14 times today already. And what you're seeing is not indicative of a lack of work. It's just, you caught me in the wrong part of the cycle. And, and it's, I said to him last night, I'm like, listen, you know, I, I, I sometimes think that you think that I don't do anything all day. And, and to, that's just, so those are the tasks to say nothing of the emotional work of raising a human being. I said, you know why our kids are nice? It's because of this bitch right here. It's because of the work yeah. that, and not that he's not a formative part of their, you know, growing up experience, yeah. but I'm with them all the time. Yeah. I'm reminding them to use manners. I'm reminding them to look people in the eye. I'm reminding them that you need to work in order to earn your trauma. Like, you know, so I, it's, it's hard not to get a little frustrated because that's the real heavy lifting of parenting is the, the things we're doing to form them into adults. So like mm-hmm. a here, here behind you, Lindsay, on all of the things. And so what, what was the outcome of that? Like, did he, number one, was he totally offended that you called him out on TikTok and did it cause a fight? And number two, like, did he come back and be like, listen, babe, you're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not really any of those things, to be honest. So, um, so, you know, the thing about my husband, you know, after we've been together, we've been together seven years, 10 years, probably, if you count dating, um, is you get to know how each other fights, right? Like you have like a little cycle. And the thing about my husband is he takes a long time to apologize. And <laughs> when it when he does, it's like a whisper. <laughs> That's hysterical. It's like, what? What? <laughs> um, like, can you repeat so, that like 10 decibels louder, please? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny. My son's the same way. It's like shame and embarrassment. It's like, but like, could you even say sorry? Like, it's so funny. Um, whereas I'm like, the second I make a fuck up, I like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm sorry. You know? So yes. It's, it's a, it was a little bit my ability to do this experiment, the strike as people are calling it, was kind of like, you need to get faster at saying sorry. And because you don't, I can I can do this experiment where I don't touch anything for three days. Had you have said I saw said you were sorry like immediately, then this never would have happened. And his response was, Well, congratulations, because you got a viral TikTok out of me. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, keep keep this character trait for at least the next few months so I can squeeze a couple of more videos out of this. I mean, it's good material and people are like, oh, you shouldn't bring it on to, you shouldn't bring it on to TikTok. It should be your private life. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's 97% of my life is my relationship with my family. So it's going to be what I I talk about. Right. It's your life. And, and, you know, you can love and respect your partner and your family and still share bits. I think people think the same thing when I share a story about Andrew, that it's like representative of some greater, like you have, it's literally one fourth of 1% of what happens in totality. So it's just strange people online. I'm sure you experienced this. In fact, I know you did because you had to sort of provide some like response videos, but like people online really love to take a nugget and run with it. Yes, I experienced that. And I also felt like there was, you know, some projection of like, I see myself in this experience, and I maybe had negative outcome. And so I'm projecting my, you know, feelings onto this stranger on the internet. And I think that's been really interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I, I did the videos following up, and people did not like those videos either. They Why? wanted to believe they wanted to believe that he was, 
that I, that we were getting a divorce. Like they wanted it to be over. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, no, like I'm backpedaling because like I need to backpedal. <laughs> Like, like I'm backpedaling because genuinely like he is a good dude and I wish you guys would like believe me you're making me feel bad you know because thousands of people are saying we need to get a divorce <laughs> I mean that um, alone is hard to deal with energetically and I know that you you probably obviously you don't take that seriously at the end of the day you know what's at the core of your relationship but that's mm-hmm. got to be hard too because it, it's so frustrating when you know the truth of something and you can't immediately just let that out and people won't believe it. I, I was yeah. that really frustrating. Yeah, it was hard. I'm not going to say that this was like, I'm detached from it. Like I was definitely, we were both definitely impacted. The good thing is that my husband literally didn't have TikTok mm. and still doesn't. So he, and I said that in the video, like part of the reason I wanted to tell him about the video, cause I didn't want him to go online and like see all these crazy comments and get sad because like his parents were divorced and like that's not like a joking matter to him it was like a big deal so I didn't want him to be hurt by all these people saying that um but anyways he it was funny because like the next day you know I I came up to him and I was like babe I'm kind of like spiraling after all these comments like Mm -hmm. you know and he was like really I have not thought about it once like this does not impact my life. <laughs> I, I to be a man, Lindsay. You know what I mean? To be a man. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I love that for us. <laughs> like I was so happy that like it doesn't impact his life. And then the other thing is it took like probably three days of it going viral. So it wasn't until we were at like the 10 million level did like people start sending him screenshots and like being like, hey, I saw you in the New York Post, you know. Um, Today Show, New York Post, like yeah. everywhere, like Good Morning America. Like, tell us where, just give yourself a quick shout out of all the places that you were covered on. Yeah. So, Today Show, um, New York Post, I know, um, Vlad Bible, Barstool Sports asked to feature it, um, Ultimate. I mean, tons of these, like, like I don't know what you would call them viral conglomerates where they just take viral videos and like publish them out and mm-hmm. then um yeah Portuguese news uh in Brazil uh Chile Ireland um and then People Mag actually I did an interview with them um so I don't think that's been released yet but that's, that's coming out too I mean okay so what was it I, I think we kind of covered this a little bit but what was it about about that video that struck a chord because for it to be covered not only so much nationally but also internationally it tells you that women no matter the language we speak are speaking the same language you know what I mean yeah definitely and I've always been a girl's girl like I just love women I know how to like communicate with them I was raised with a sister no brother so the opposite sex to me was always kind of like this mystery um whereas like I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, the, I'm a woman of the mamas. Like I really am. Um, and I get them and I love moms and I've found so much community and motherhood. Like I just, and sisterhood and motherhood. So like, I'm not surprised that that came across, um, from me because that's truly like what I experienced. Um, mm-hmm. but I also, you know, I mean, Taylor Swift, she's somebody who speaks to the heart, right. And her song yeah. karma, 
I think it took me all 10 seconds to pick that song, but it was just like so perfect. And I mean, the real shout out is for people like Taylor Swift, who time and time again can speak to our hearts like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like a girl's girl, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think there are some universal truths to parenting. And this this is true whether you're in a same-sex marriage, if you're in a, a hetero marriage, like there are strengths that one person has that the other doesn't. And sometimes they are dependent on our sex or gender. Like I do tend to think that women identified with that more because typically speaking, women are in the role of a little more of the physical care. I mean, we give birth, you know, we give birth. So we, by virtue of that are a little more sort of physically involved usually from the beginning. But, um, but yeah. it, really, it really goes to show that there are, we really rail against stereotypes in this country. And I'm curious to like sort of get a little deeper on this and get your thoughts. But there are instances where there those exist for a reason. And there's a reason that women identified so much with what you said. And for better or for worse, it indicates a, a, a division of workload that maybe we aren't really uncomfortable, comfortable, aren't comfortable with at the end of the day. So it, it was really hitting some deep cores. It was funny and it was good, but it was, it was hitting on so many levels. Yeah. I think that um, it is true that women traditionally are, you know, the household caregiver and the house um, cleaner and the cooker and the, the chef of the family. Like that's the traditional stereotype, but since the 80s, right, more and more women have taken on the breadwinner role or or just a equal working role. And I think that shift has caused a lot of disruption to those stereotypes. And I think we're all dealing with that. I think we're all still learning how to process what does true equality look like and mean? And, um, you know, how do we become great partners for each other in marriages, but also respect each other's equality and not conform to gender stereotypes, but instead adjust to what the individual needs and what the relationship means. Um, and I'm very passionate about exploring that. You know, I consider myself a feminist, but I'm also very feminine, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's so much power in being a woman and I'm really loving that role. But I also believe women should be able to do everything and not be held back and not be paid 80 cents on the dollar compared to men. So like there's there's so much that I think we have, still have to do in terms of equality for, for um, women and mm -hmm. frankly, dismantling the patriarchy that so far in history has kind of set the tone. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm passionate about being a part of that change or at least expressing how I feel in society now. The other thing I'll say that you mentioned is like, it doesn't matter what sex and gender is about childhood and raising a house. And Brene Brown has this incredible quote where she says, it's never really 50, 50. It's more like, it's more like today I can give 80 because I can pick up your extra 20. I know you're at 20%. Right. And I think that is so true. And in a good partnership, you give each other grace, not grief. And what I exhibited in my TikTok video was, you know, I didn't feel like I was getting grief, so I gave grief right back, right? Like, we, we gave each other grief, and I think we illustrated that. But so much of our relationship is more about giving each other grace. It's just not as funny. It's not as funny. And you know what? You got to exploit the funny parts. It is what it is. People get so, like, tied up in this. I everything from conspiracy theories online to like small, relatively innocuous things like this, like relationship dynamics in one couple. People want to read 
so much into it and 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 make such a big deal. Let's go back and rewind and dig a little further into this topic of sort of rewriting the code for for women. What does dismantling the patriarchy look like to you? We hear that phrase quite a bit. And I I personally believe that by virtue of our biology, we are inevitably, I don't want to say saddled with, because that makes it sound kind of negative, but we are inevitably sort of, we inevitably shoulder the responsibilities associated with child rearing because we are biologically creating in a lot of babies. So Acknowledging that there is work to be done with with pay disparity and with, um, you know, maternal leave, like how much time we get off of work paid and supported, uh, even things like healthcare and supporting um, our, our journey of our, our postpartum journey to recovery and getting more health coverage for that. What what does dismantling the patriarchy mean to you and, and how does that look practically? Oh, absolutely. I love this question. And for me, it starts with the numbers. Okay, so let's look at corporate America, leadership in corporate America. You know, I think there's a stat from a few years ago that there's more men named James than there are female in the top Fortune 500 companies. Um, Right. So let's start with where are the positions of power in our country and what percentage of those are represented by females. Right. And I think when you have people in positions of power that have that feminine energy, that have that maternal biological mindset, my true belief is that makes the world a better place um, because um, I believe that maternal energy and taking care, like feminine energy, taking care of others, that biological strong point that we have is um, something the world needs more of. And so I believe you can get that by putting, by evening up those numbers a little bit and putting more women in positions of power, um, whether that's in government, you know, we've never had a female president, <laughs> right? Let's start there. Kamala Harris was a big win, uh, symbolically, right? Like, and um, representation matters. We know that from science. So the more we can get women forward, um, the more our daughters will feel it's a possibility for them. Um, and so I'm very passionate about giving females um, and, and moms specifically opportunities that work for them because I believe motherhood is a strength for leadership. Motherhood is a strength for creating cultures that are positive. And we need more women um, taking positions of power that work for them emotionally, physically, um, make them feel good and not drained, um, but also so that they can help shape the cultures that we are working in. And that's something I'm incredibly passionate about. And there's a lot to do there. So many women dropped out of the workforce because of COVID. So many are gone. And so we got to get back in there. And it's got to be in a way that's not draining to us. Yeah. I want the corporations to fit. I agree. And, and, you know, I, I do believe that having more women in positions of power will ultimately be beneficial, but I also wish someone would have told me as a woman with a family and like, who is sort of always headed in that direction that inevitably a ball's going to drop when you're juggling and that it's okay to pause or change your professional track. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being raised with a mom growing up in the 80s and 90s, work looked very similar for a lot of people. It was a nine to five. It was out of the home. It was an office thing. And I really admired that in my mom. And I think when I came up to the point after my first two kids of experiencing exhaustion and experiencing hormonal imbalance from postpartum, it still hadn't been corrected and experiencing anxiety and, um, you know, really struggling to 
feel fulfilled in my personal life. I felt like I was betraying my mom and the women who had done the work for me to be able to even have those jobs. And I, I think the, the part of the conversation, I think sort of piggybacking off of what you said that I'll add in for my daughters is it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change. Mm -hmm. You can be professional without being um, completely out of the house all the time. Like what, what will you specifically say to your daughter to, to encourage that she can kind of do it all maybe, but just not at once? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I, I also grew up in a working mom family in which, you know, I saw my mom give so much to her work at times, you know, more to her work than I felt she was giving to the family. And I think some of that brute force that, that was established by women in the 80s, 90s ahead of us, right, to really um, focus on career um, has been that early part of the curve. And now our generation's challenge that we have now is to say, okay, how do we make it how do we stay a part of the workforce and stay a part of earning money, right? And earning an independence financially because financial freedom is freedom um, and be a part of powerful decision-making entities um, without burning ourselves out and without running through walls. And that's changing the culture. That's changing corporations' cultures. It's like, and that's not going to happen unless we're sitting at the table. Mm -hmm. So, but I think like at my, so at my company, we are 98% moms and that means our corporate culture is a little bit different. Um, you know, we, part of our philosophy is that uh, kids are coworkers too. And if a kid pops into a Zoom meeting, you know, we don't make anybody feel bad about it. You know, we say, if you need to bring a kid to a photo shoot, bring a kid to the photo shoot. Like we try to make it a very accepting environment for children. Um, for breastfeeding, for anything like that. And we model that from the leadership down to, you know, every member of the, of the team, they have flexibility in their schedule. We say we focus on asynchronous work. So we can work out of documents at different times um, without being so scheduled to meetings on the calendar. That's part of our initiative to be more friendly to parents, both, you know, caregivers, male and female. Um, whether you're caring for an older parent or caring for a younger child, you know, you need flexibility in your schedule. And that's a core component of authentic. I think people wonder too, can you make the same amount of money? Can you have the same benefits? Can I mean, with, with a job that's not strictly nine to five in office, can they? Yeah. I mean, can people have that same quality of life with a job that doesn't look as traditional on the outside? I mean, in, in my opinion, there's not enough opportunities like that now. Um, and truly, like, we're still a small business. You know, I'm not a big Fortune 500 company, but you better be damned that by the time we are, um, we will have that type of culture. And that's, that's my goal. You know, I want to be able to give people that flexibility, the benefits, everything. And that's the goal that I'm working towards um, as an employer. Yeah. I wonder if you have, but it's not um, easy. It's not easy. No, and, it's and not. That's the thing. So well, the truth is not. there's not a lot of opportunities. Like that. <laughs> right. And I think what some people get wrong who really criticize, um, you know, small business culture and so many people want to take down companies or groups these days. I'm thinking of the controversy that was surrounding the founder of away luggage. I mean, like everybody is looking to 
ensnare somebody in a social media controversy. They see a level of success, especially with a woman. I hate to say it. And they're going to go back and they're going to look for something you said 10 years ago or a Slack message that could be easily misinterpreted or they're going to con. I don't know if this is just sort of a negative perspective, but as, as a small business owner myself and as a person who's like you, um, identity is sort of built into the, the platform. It does worry me that business culture these days is not just business anymore. It is, well, when I worked for Lindsay, she didn't let me pump long enough. And, but it, and the entire world you build can crumble yeah. in a second. And I'm asking from my perspective too, knowing that I'm building out a separate business, yeah. like Lindsay, how do you not stress about this? I feel like any yeah. move you can make these days can be completely chip chopped in the wrong direction. Okay, but Sunny, did you hear all the things our former president said? And he's still <laughs> elected president. I know, but everybody gives the man the benefit of the doubt. You know, that's true. Okay, you know what? Next time someone comes after me and they chop an audio bite completely out of context and remove the nuance, I'm going to be like, you need to go after him first. <laughs> you're, you're, you can still run for president and win. You know what? <laughs> I hope that we are granted the same, I don't even want to say flex, moral flexibility as men are, but you know, that is, that is the end goal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yes. And I do think in this world of social media and being, a, and being someone who wants more people to show up authentically flawed as they are on social media, I do think that is core to human connection and progress. Um, and vulnerability, right, is what, in my opinion, brings us all forward. So how do we, and, and that will be the challenge of the future generation and our generation too. We've all grown up online. So everything, you know, we've said, you can see my college pictures from Facebook where I'm, you know, drunk mess, right? Like, but am I going to let it stop me from, go, from, you know, running for president or whatever, you know, my dream is? It can't anymore. Um, I think we just have to give each other some grace and, um, understand how to navigate this new world where yeah every soundbite is recorded but it's not the end of the world uh from your words to, to god's ears because i i feel like we all live in fear of something yeah. taken out of context and 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 um what's often forgotten in those arguments is we always talk about viewing things through today's lens that were said yesterday, right? There's, um, we're erasing context a lot of times when, when things are published or criticized online. It's like, okay, maybe the 2023 version of Lindsay wouldn't have said this in 20, back when 2016, when it was filmed, but right. you know, there, there's still the, like, what, did, what advice do you have for people who find themselves maybe the target of criticism who... As you know, can only come back so much to the TikTok crowd without feeling exhausted or like, what's your advice? Mm, yeah, I mean, do the work internally that you need to do to feel healed. Like, I think that no one's rushing you to get back on a platform, you know, feeling insecure or whatever it may be, uh, or feeling unhappy. Mental health is incredibly important to me. I've had my own journey with mental health. You know, my mom is a clinical psychologist of 40 years and I grew up, you know, under her table drawing cartoons and stuff so I I feel very passionate that we all take care of our own mental health and then that we seek community as well as part of that mental health and seek um, support from each other too and not isolate 
loneliness is an epidemic, right? And so I think that um, social media should be a place where you connect. And it's okay to make mistakes. Um, that's what I'll say. You know, 2025, 20, Lindsay will probably look back on the viral TikTok and be like, I cannot believe, you know, the haircut that I had or what I did or what I said, you know. Um, but I, at least I can say I was honest. Yeah. And at least I can say I was mean. And in this world, there are only so many things you can hang your hat on and you can only do your best. And I think giving each other that grace is really important and giving yourself that grace too. But you can feel comfortable. And I, I think my, my kids also motivate me to show them and, and teenagers today motivate me. You know, there's a big epidemic of teenage girls who are victim, you know, they kind of become victims of social media and the scrolling and the pressure and the, you know, seeing somebody's perfectly curated life. So I'm actually a fan of more authentic mistakes, like just showing up, not being so afraid, not being so perfect, because mm-hmm. I don't want my daughter to have to feel like she has to be perfect. So who's done it right on social media? When you look at the, the, the landscape, whether it be on Instagram or TikTok, wherever, who has done it right? Not only getting on top and staying on top, but weathering the ups and downs, maybe having gone through controversy and rebounding in a great way, mm-hmm. doing it right. I mean, Elise Myers is an incredible creator who's been on TikTok and, and Instagram and really shared a lot of her life and the ups and downs of being pregnant and being a mom and being a young wife. Um, so I, I love Elise Myers and everything she's done. She's not perfect when she shows up on, on her videos. She's not done up. Um, Lindsay Girk is someone who uh, brings her personality in such a fun and unique way, um, but also shares her struggles and has united this community around uh, bringing your pink back uh, postpartum, which I think is really cool. So those are two females that I think have done an incredible job that inspire me um, who give us a glimpse into their entire life right they, they really do they're vulnerable in that way mm-hmm. is that a, is that a precondition to I, I wonder if there will be ever be a day where we look back and we're like you know what maybe I should too much like maybe I should have and this is coming from someone who's share a lot so this is not this is not a criticism but I often yeah. wonder like have I have I ever done it now um, it's caused me to personally revisit sharing my children online and it's an evolution and I don't claim perfection, nor do I judge people who choose to share more. Um, mm-hmm. but what I'm finding, especially as I get older, I'm into my, well into my forties now. And I think, oof, like there is a lot of me that's been shared and I'm not embarrassed of it, but I'm that type of person who also believes that we are given a finite amount of like, I don't know, sort of emotional, like, I don't even know what capital or like, and if it almost feels like giving it away to people who just don't appreciate it, like, oh, I don't know. Am I going to like look back in 20 years and really regret having shared my experience with postpartum anxiety or, you know, talking about my hormones or my kids going to listen and be like, mom, this is like TMI. Like, do you have that struggle or is this just me? overthinking the situation <laughs> no i think it's a, it's not you overthinking the situation a lot of people would feel similarly uh i think what i would tell you is that if you could save one life by sharing your postpartum anxiety story 
and it's worth it. And you might not even know who you saved. Yeah. But your honesty, your communication, I mean, this is funny. This is why you've made a career out of journalism. And by talking to people about hard conversations, it is important. And it's easy and though to it's do it hard work. work. Not me. Like that's my big fault. And I'm candidly, I'm working with you guys. So I know, you know, that's that's a why I need your help and why I'm working with with someone now because like I do have a big barrier built up from journalism because I spent years yeah. realizing it's not about me. It's not about me and how I feel about yeah. it's not about me and how I feel. So I I watch these influencers who make everything about them. And again, not saying that in a mean way, but it's like, how did XYZ affect me today? And it, it engages me in it, whatever, but there's also a part of me. And this is why I feel like I'm really held back on social is like, who the fuck cares what I think about it? What, ha what matters is that what is happening. And you know, that's, I think as from a journalistic perspective too, like that line I'm trying to walk of between like providing something of interest, but then not overdoing it in a self-indulgent way. Does that make sense? Like therapize yeah. from here. <laughs> yes, it does make sense. And I can relate to as a journalism girly, like I went to journalism school and you remove yourself, you remove your biases. That is the ultimate, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning practice. So it's very hard to to uh, walk the line of being self-promotional um, and also being an incredible journal journalist. Um, I think the two can exist. Mm -hmm. I think that you can have a personal brand, right? And some people love that term of like having a personal brand. For me, it, it was hard to adapt that because I'm like, but I'm not a brand, I'm a human. Like one day I'm this and the next day I'm that, right? Um, and I think that my, my, what I would say for you is that I'm inspired by you as a person and I want to know your personal brand the same way I want to see you do incredible award-winning journalism. I think both can exist and it doesn't have to be one or the other um, in, in how you show up in social media or in life. Yeah, it's truly as a new media world, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, people are saying now that you get you know, more people are getting their news from social media, unverified even platforms, right? <laughs> Just from their favorite influencer sharing the news might be how they heard about the lost submarine instead of CNN or CBS or any of these like credible sources. It's true. And I always say, you know, it used to be important to choose your news source because there were only two options, right? And I sat in newsrooms that leaned in both directions. I worked for a newsroom that leaned blue and I worked for a newsroom that leaned red. And I would always tell people, listen, guys, just know that what you watch at 7 p.m. and after is not news. It's like opinion. And make sure if you're watching Fox, you balance it out and watch CNN and vice versa. And I just feel like now you need to there because there's not just two news sources, right? It's not just the two cable biggies kind of like duking it out for ratings. It is like a plethora of journalism options. And it's even, it's while it is more enlightening and it's, it reaches a broader audience. It's even more dangerous too. Like, you know, totally. because you really have to be whew, like hyper, hyper vigilant about balancing your perspective or getting parts of the story that aren't being offered up to you on a platter. Like, do you have hope for this new generation being raised on social media that they realize the gravity of what's in their hands with those phones and the power of it? And do you think they'll choose that sort of balance or do you see social media impacting us in a way that only further polarizes us? Hmm. 
I think we all experienced the polarization in the United States based on the last um, election. And I felt it, right? I think we were all, we all could feel it. Um, no matter where you were getting your news from, that you couldn't escape it almost, uh, the polarization that was happening. Um, I, and I think that we don't have the answer. I think that all of this has developed so rapidly um, that we don't have the answer. And I think our traditional structures are not the same. And I, I know that I wanna be a part of the solution. I know that I wanna be a part of making it a safer place and um, not dividing our country, our world, but bringing people together uh, under vulnerability and positivity and grace and all of these amazing things that I believe in um, that are core to human existence and, and love <laughs> in the world. Um, so I know I wanna be a part of that solution, but I don't know what the right answer is. Um, yeah. But I know as someone who works in social every single day on multiple different platforms, if not me, then who? And if not us, then who? Uh, and I'm not willing to say, I, I, I'm not get, willing to give that power up to someone else and say, they'll figure it out. Like, I think, I think we as moms and people who care, who understand the space, um, are going to have to figure out these tough challenges. And I don't know what the answers are. You know, you've watched the meta regulation trials. Um, you know, you talk about is TikTok going to be banned? Like, mm -hmm. these are all really big, interesting, meaty challenges that we are going to have to figure out. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and it's all a trade-off, you know, every for every piece we give of ourselves, whether that's information to the tech companies as we use their platform or information about ourselves that we share with people, it, it's it's an exchange, right? We get and you you experienced this two weeks ago. You gave of yourself and you got back and you got back good and you got back bad. And I think like that is that is the real lesson here. Telling our kids as we raise them in this age where they're saturated with screens to understand you give something up when you share it. Yes, you could get something good back. You could get something bad back, but strengthening the foundation is, I think you really hit the nail on the head there, Lindsay, a couple of minutes ago saying like, when you reminded me, find your mental health, find your, that's what we're going to have to tell our kids. At yeah. the end of the day, there will be noise and there will be opinions on social media, but there's more of a need now than ever to strengthen their own belief in themselves yeah. and confidence yeah. because it's just full of sharks. There's more sharks now than ever out there that are, have access to our feelings like never before. So for sure, for sure. And hopefully we're heading in that right direction with like health and wellness, taking care of your physical mind, body, soul. Like, I think that um, for me, I don't call myself like religious, but I call myself spiritual. Like I have to connect with my soul. I have to find my purpose. I have to go back to, okay, why am I doing this? Like very frequently. Um, and part of that is because there is so much noise um, and because I'm giving so much of myself to many different things that I'm involved with. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the breeze runs through the trees and I breathe oxygen in and out and like, that's important, mm -hmm. right? And that's enough. That's enough. Yep. Going back to the basics is always the best. Well, let's round things yeah. off. And speaking of taking care of ourselves, I like to kind of throw in some beauty and wellness related questions to some sure. of my guests, because we're all about, you know, taking good care of ourselves on the inside and also the outside. So Let's talk about maybe three or four products, Lindsay, that are in your rotation. It could be skincare. They could be, you know, a fitness product or a book you've read. What's keeping you sane lately and feeling, helping you feel cared for? Mm, yeah. Okay. So I love 
CeraVe Daily Moisturizing Cream. You can get it from your drugstore with hyaluronic acid and um, retinol. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of that. Um, I also love, um, at night, I'll do, um, what's it called? Sunday Riley. Um, Is it good to you? Like yes. Okay. <laughs> Cold I think you're going to know it. I like that. Like, tingles, it gives me a nice, like, shock to the face a little bit. I like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I do that at night. Those are my my two, like, skincare things that I really do religiously. Um I also love a facial. I'm like a spa girl, like, you know, cause I'm in social media all the time. I like to either get totally in nature and like hike and do physical stuff. Or I like to get into a spa where like no cell phones are allowed <laughs> for like eight hours. Right. And I love that. So, um, so I love a facial. I went to this great place in Philadelphia um, where they gave me a lift and it was like, they said they were going to snatch my face. And like they did. Was it like gua sha or was it just facial massage? No, it was a microderm treatment. And I'm telling you, I was like for a full week. It was amazing. Oh my God. I I, I was never a believer in that. I'm like, really, how can one treatment? And then I got a gua sha facial down here. And and I will tell, I was like this when I got it. I was like in a vacuum, like, I mean, <laughs> it was like someone yes. took my ponytail and just like pulled it up really high. I'm like, oh, it does work. Yes. Except I yes. can't. I, I got to learn how to do it myself. That's my. Oh, that's yeah. My I don't know how to do it myself either. And that's why I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to have to be bougie and go to a spa once a month. <laughs> what what self care. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, you have to do it. Any books you you're reading or like where do you go, even if it's mm-hmm. online, for a quick like refreshing of the soul? Mm, I'm uh first of all Oprah forever like yeah my idol um yes. secondly I would say I like Gabby Bernstein her series of books to tap back to my spirituality um I love right now I'm reading reading Believe It which is from the founder of It Cosmetics um oh, yeah Jamie Kern Lima yes so mm-hmm. I'm currently reading that book, uh, which I'm excited about. It sounds like she's overcome so much and did it with such grit that I'm really excited. I'm, I'm like just starting that one. Um, and then I, I think that um, Glennon Doyle just rocked my world. You know, 2020, when she came out with her Untamed book, it was like, okay, light my fire. Like mm-hmm. this woman is an incredibly gifted uh, writer, thought leader. Just, uh, I, I love her podcast as well. Yeah. She's always laying it all out there. Listen, I gotta be doing more, Lindsay. That's you, everything you're telling me. She's gotta, we gotta cut ourselves open and lay it bare. I think. <laughs> I mean, you can always have some privacy, Sunny. You can always <laughs> have some privacy. Like you really can you really I can. can. But but all you're right though, Lindsay, and this is your literal job. So, you know, you see a lot, you see the numbers, you see the trends. I, I do think that um like showing up authentic, I mean, that's the reason it's the name of your company. Like there is an art to it. And mm-hmm. I think we're all inevitably tied into social media, whether we want to be or not, usually by virtue of our business. And um, I think you guys are really helping people unlock that a little bit more. And sometimes it happens organically with people online and influencers or people in that space. And sometimes you need a little coaching or coaxing to like 
figure out how it is you want to show up. But um, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I know I'm going to give you a step by step. Um, this okay. is for you. This is a challenge okay. for you. Okay. I want you to yeah. I'm so nervous. Go. All right. So I know you're going on vacation soon, but before that, you know, you're either going to go to lunch or dinner with like a close friend. Maybe you're going to grab a cocktail with a close friend or, you know, a family member, your mom, your aunt, your sister, whatever. Can you think of who that person is? Yeah, I can think of like two people off the bat, my sister and one of my friends. Yes. Okay. So next time you go to cocktails or lunch with them, I want you to notice what is the story you tell them about your life, your week that makes you laugh, that makes you cry. That is like, that was the topic, right? That was the nugget that you guys really talked about. I want you to notice that. And then I want you to come home and say, can I share that on social media in a quick video or, or in a post, whatever. And if you can't, that's okay. That's okay. But I want you to remember it. And maybe a week later say, am I ready to share that? Have I fully mm-hmm. processed that as myself? And yeah. sometimes that might mean, Sunny, that you take it and you talk to your husband about it. You talk to someone else about it. And you, you test that, that story or that moment until you feel ready to share it with the world. And I promise you that is what's going to go viral. Oh my God, Lindsay, you're speaking to my soul right now. And I know exactly what it is. Something that even happened last night that I've been talking to my friends about and be laughing about, texting about. So um, yeah. that's a really good, um, that's funny. That's when I work with my podcast clients too. And we try to get them to like, when they're recording, relax and like, pretend like your best friend is in like, and you just saying that to me makes so much sense. It's like, what is it that you say? To your friends. I, that's just, that's yeah. genius. So I will be using that. So yeah, good. I'm excited. Okay. Make it Lindsay, a practice. I will. <laughs> I will. Once a week, this is my challenge. I and, love it. Um, I love it. I will be thinking of you when I do it. Lindsay, thank you so much for like going a little deeper with us today. I know yeah. what you do by trade is social media, but you have like really chosen to sort of wade in the deeper waters with us today on all kinds of personal stuff too. So thank you. Talk to us about working with show up authentic. And guys, I said this at the beginning of the episode too, and I'll say it again. I am currently working with Lindsay's team and have been so happy with how they're helping me to show up on social media. Like you just heard 30 seconds ago, like these sparking new things in me and my work. So how do we reach out to you, Lindsay? How do we work with you if we're interested? Oh, thank you so much. And it means a lot to me that you've had such a good experience. Um, I, you can go to our website at www.showupauthentic.com. Follow us on Instagram, showupauthentic. Um, and you can book a 15-minute consult with me. I talk to pretty much everybody. So just book time on my calendar. I'm an open book. Um, yeah, DM us or shoot us an email. I'm, I'm here and um, I'm really passionate about helping more women like yourselves find their voice and show up and help you know, the women behind us. I love it. And you're on, we have to say your TikTok handle and your Instagram oh, because yeah. you're, you're a social media star. So please tell us those. <laughs> um, yeah. So my TikTok is uh, Lindsay Donnelly too. Um, and my Instagram handle is la.donnelly, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Perfect. And I'll link those in uh, show notes as well, guys. In addition to her um, company's website, definitely check them out if you have any needs in that area. Uh, Lindsay, thank you again for spending some yeah. time with me today. Thank you, Sunny. Great to chat. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abata, S-O-N-N-I-A-B-A-T-T-A. All of the latest blog posts are at wegotatalk.com slash blog. 